All righty. Here we are. <laughs> I'm glad I could be with you. Yes, I did. <laughs> Praise God. God is good. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Coming soon, Baby Bishop due September 2023. That'll be our great-grandson. Damon. Damon and his wife. Damon and Colleen are having a baby. This is going to be a great-great-granddaughter. But we have no good in our family. That don't say much about your daughter. Yeah, we have all grandsons, one son and one daughter. I have one brother, so we have a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah. So. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead and lift our hands. Let's bless the Lord. Father, we bless you, we honor you, we give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace, that you're more than enough in all things. We honor you, Lord God. We worship you, we reverence you. We reverence you by putting you first place in our life, give you our attention. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are, for all that you do, all that you've done for us. You redeemed us from the curse, you set us on high. Oh, I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can reign in life as a king through our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that we can sit at your feet, be taught of your word by your spirit, receive impartations of revelation, that we can take hold of that which your word declares, that we can be what your word says, do what your word says, have what your word says, where we can walk in your will, walk in your ways, that we can think your thoughts. And Father, I thank you that out of our mouth will come the forces of life that is in our heart. And th thank you, Lord, that we continue to conform to the image of Jesus and we develop and grow and partake more and more of your divine nature. We bless you and honor you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen, glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, find your place in James chapter 2, of course. We've been over there for a few weeks. We've been talking about faith with corresponding actions. And, uh, you know, faith alone is good. But you just have to know that that faith is not working unless there's corresponding actions. Okay. Corresponding actions is putting faith to work. Uh, sometimes the action is to do something. Sometimes the action is just to declare something. Uh, it all depends on what the Holy Spirit is directing and leading to do. Because it's all about following the leadership of the Holy Spirit in every specific case. It's not like, okay, God told me to say, so that's all I do. I say all the time. No, no. No, that's what you say in that particular case. But then the action may be something different in another case. I, I've told you the example, or actually the real-life story, about when my daughter almost died from allergic reaction, and then my wife almost died from allergic reaction. But both situations, uh, uh, it, it was needing different actions. They were both the same kind of situation, Different actions were needed, but the same results were attained. If we tried to do the same action in both, one of them wouldn't be here today. Are you with me? So it's all about following the leadership of the Holy Spirit and whatever is said in each specific case in our life. So James chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. James 2, 21 to 24. 
Yeah, that TV got shut off. Uh, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay? So it started off by saying faith was working with his works. Okay? Faith works with corresponding actions. For instance, you can believe in tithing. And you can believe in the results of tithing, right? Okay, so when you tithe, that's an action, and that, help, that makes faith to bring the results to pass. So when I tithe, because I'm doing what I believe, faith will work to bring about the results. Okay, so understand this, your tithing don't bring the results. Oh, it's because I tithe. You could throw all the money you want at everything and anything. If there's no faith attached to it, it'll do nothing. Just like everything. I could pray. I can do all kinds of things. But if faith is not attached to it, it don't mean anything. Or how about when people say things like, well, that happened because I believe. <laughs> if there wasn't a God behind what you believe, nothing's yeah. going to happen. So the glory belongs nil to us, and it all belongs to God. And that's why the Bible says God will not share his glory with anybody. Smith Wigglesworth made a comment about all the people that were asking him to come speak. And he made the comment and said, oh, that people are looking at me. And the person he said that to, to was, oh, dear God, that we would ever think that people are looking at us. God will share his glory with no one. Right. And in a matter of a very short period of time, Smith died. He'll not share his glory. Are you with me? Now, Smith Wigglesworth knew better, but he went down that road. Amen. When I do what I believe, then faith brings the results of what faith has declared. Amen. When? Every time. Every time I tithe, I am acting on what my faith is. Therefore, faith will work now. Because I acted on it and it will bring the results. Are you with me? Second Timothy, uh, sorry, Abraham was justified is what it said. I think it was in um, Abraham was justified by works. The word justified is also defined as approved. He was approved. When you believe inwardly. You believe the results to work outwardly. When you believe and you work at, at this corresponding actions to what you believe, then you're justified or you're approved. Okay? Well, doesn't 2 Timothy 2.15 tell us to be diligent and study the Word of God so that you could be approved as a workman? Well, what does a workman do? He's working the things he studies. He's studying the word of God and he's working the word. And therefore, when he works the word, he's approved. Yeah. Amen. And James 1.12 says, blessed is the man that perseveres under trial. What is he doing? Persevering, standing under the word in trial, in things that have come against him. And he's persevering and he's blessed when he perseveres because he continues to do the word. And he will receive the crown of victory in that situation. Are you with me? Amen. So Abraham was justified or approved by his corresponding actions or approval came out from his actions. You can have all the faith you want, 
But if there's no action, there's no approval. Actions are clear proof of the faith we say we believe. Actions do not prove you have faith. In other words, well, I believe this, so I'm going to do something because I have to prove that I have that faith. Well, no, that's not right. If I have faith, the automatic reaction to that faith would be corresponding actions. And it'll come, in, it'll come when you're not even thinking about it. It'll come when you have to make a decision about something. It'll come when you have to make a, 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 a decide a direction about something. It'll come when you have to decide to do something. And based on what you say you believe, that should be the forefront of your decision. Without even thinking about it. Amen. Amen. I was talking to someone today, and I used the example. I'm believing God to meet this need. I am believing God to meet this need. $500, I'm believing God to meet this need. I'm very, very focused on my need. I and believe in God for my need to be met. But when all you're doing is focusing on you and focusing on your need, you are not in faith. You might be renewing your mind, but you are not in faith. When you put that need down and go, I believe God will meet that need. God, you're more than enough. You are El Shaddai. You're the all-sufficient one. And then $100 comes into my hand. Oh, glory to God, I have $100 to meet that need. Who told you that? Was that $100 to meet that need? Or was that $100 for something else? See, because now you have to make a decision. Am I believing God to meet the need? Or is now something in my hand, my ability to meet the need? Or did God bring this into my hand? To help meet the need. You need to know what's going on and where you're at. You don't just assume anything. And that's why I wrote in my book about getting out of debt. You know, you talk to any financial person and they'll tell you, you got to pay off one of your debts. Whatever it takes, pay that debt off. And when you pay that debt off, now take the money from that debt and put it into something else. And put everything you've got now into this other debt that you need to pay off. And then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, something screws up in life, and you've been putting all your money into paying your debt off, so now you don't have any money. So now you've got to borrow money because something's happened. Maybe the car broke down, and I need a new car. Maybe the refrigerator broke down, I need a new refrigerator. Maybe uh, something in the house is broken, something uh, I had an accident, and I have to pay money out of my pocket. Well, where's it going to come from if I have been putting all my money into getting out of debt? You'll never get out of debt. And the devil will see to it because he'll always mess with your life. It's going to cost you more money. So in dealing with that, I asked the Holy Spirit. So what do I do about it? Well, you know, what do we do about this? I mean, I've heard this over and over and over again from financial people. I don't care if they're Christian people. It's still a worldly program. So I asked the Lord, what do you do about this? And he said, start believing me for cash flow. I said, really? He said, yep, start believing me for cash flow. I said, well, what about the bills? He goes, they ain't going no place. He said, start believing me for cash flow. And when you get a cash flow, then you could start working on getting out of debt. Because now you're starting to get extra money to get out of debt. Now, if you can believe for cash flow, you can believe for money to get out of debt. So I started believing God for extra money to get out of debt. And it didn't matter what came up. I had cash flow. It didn't affect me trying to get out of debt. Now, to the logical brain, that makes no sense. Especially if you're wrapped up in the way the world does stuff. Makes no sense at all. It makes as little sense as The one who gives will increase all the more. That makes no sense to the logical mind. 
The more you give, the more you're going to increase. That makes no sense. Not to the logical mind, not to that carnal, worldly, trained mind. But to the kingdom, that's the way it works. If you believe it. If you believe it. You know, the blood of Jesus was shed for every single person to be saved. If you believe it. And that's the way everything in the kingdom works. If you believe it. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. I don't know how we got on that. <laughs> Verse 2. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't hurt you. Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. He is the author and Jesus is the perfecter of faith. Why does Jesus author faith? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Okay? Faith, key word, comes. It is not your faith. Oh, my faith did that. Excuse me. You don't have any. Faith came to you. Faith came to you. So therefore, you didn't author that faith. Faith comes from the word of God that you heard. And the only reason you can add faith to what you hear is because it came to you. Are you with me? So therefore, Jesus authors faith. And this is why it says... I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Because it's his faith that comes to me by hearing the word, because he is the word made flesh. When you got saved, you were saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. What's the gift? Salvation. Grace and faith is all a gift. He's given to you the measure of faith, gift. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to have faith. He authors faith because it comes by hearing. Well, he also perfects faith, okay? Well, how was Abraham's faith perfected? By his corresponding actions. So he perfects faith. Because the actions come by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Abraham did not do what he did because he had real faith. He did not do what he did to prove he had faith. Well, to prove that, that I really trust God, I'm going to put my son on the altar, sacrifice him. That'll prove that I trust in God. I have real faith, so I'm going to act on this and I'm going to sacrifice my son. No, he didn't do these things because he had real faith or because he had to prove his faith. He did it very simply, being led by the Holy Spirit. So faith can be led by the Holy Spirit to, be, to action. Faith can be directed by a revelation that comes from the Word of God. Faith can come or be directed out of our human spirit where we perceive what it is we need to do. And the more words you get, the more accurate your spirit will be. If you don't get in the word of God, I wouldn't trust one word out of my spirit. Because it's going to be just as goofy as the world. Are you with me? The more you spend time in the word and get the word in you, the more accurate the leadership of your, whole, of your spirit will be. So back over to James chapter 2 again. Verse 21. He says, was not Abraham our father justified or approved by works or corresponding actions when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? All right, he offered. The word offered means to sacrifice. It means that it was premeditated and performed with determined intention and predetermined planning to give what God asked him to surrender. What's the Holy Spirit asking us to sacrifice, to give up, to surrender something to him? What is he asking us for? 
Isaac was the son of Abraham's love. He was the son of Abraham's faith. Isn't that right? But Abraham was willing, willingly gave up what he was totally attached to. You know what that is? It's the hardest thing to let go of, what you are totally attached to. Hardest thing to let go of. Even if it's that old dress in the back of the closet that you haven't worn probably in 15 years. And whether it fits or not is not the issue. But that was one of those favorite things that you've not even looked at for such a long time until God said, go get that and give it away. And you're like, dear God, this is my favorite. I can't, I don't know if I can do that. All right, even if it's not God wanting you to give it away, you're just cleaning out your closet to give it to Goodwill. But you come across this heirloom <laughs> that all of a sudden you can't part with. You haven't looked at it in how many years, but dear God, the memories it's bringing back. I can't let go of this. See, those things that we're attached to is very hard to let go of whether God's asking us to or not. And the best thing is just close your eyes and pull stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Go over to Genesis 22. Some of you are laughing. Some of you are not looking happy at all. Genesis chapter 22, verses 2 through 5, and let's look at the account of Abraham. Genesis 22, verses 2 through 5. This is God speaking to Abraham. He said, take now your son, your only son. He makes a point of telling him, this is your only son, whom you love. Make another point here. This is not just somebody, but this is your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Remember, God said, I'll show it to you when you get there. So then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there. We will worship and we will return to you. All right. So again, he tells Abram, take who you love and offer him up. You don't offer up to God anything that don't cost you something. That was the offering of Cain. Oh, I can easily afford this. That's fine. No, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I've known people that have had lots of money. And God's asked, and they've said about how God's asked them to do something that's never put a dent in anything that they've had. So... If I had two $10 coins, I'd gladly give them one. But all I have is the $120 coin. You remember the story? Yeah. All I See, it's going to cost you something. If I had two, it's not going to really cost me anything. But I only had one $20 coin. It's going to cost something. But you see, that's where the blessing resides. Yeah. So we told him, Take your son, go up there. And he does. He tells them to wait here, and we're, we're going to go up. Abraham did not drag his feet. He obeyed God immediately. And you notice what he says here. He says um, in verse uh, 4, I believe it was, uh, 5, yeah, thank you. He says, we will worship and we'll return to you. I and the lad will return to you. He believed that if he had to offer up, Isaac on the altar, that God would raise him from the dead. He believed that. Of course, he knew that God wouldn't go back on his promise. Yeah, that's a 
And we might say, oh, well, you know, of course, of course he could offer up Isaac. He's believing that, you know, he'd be raised. Really? Really? You know, God's asked you to give away, what, 50 bucks, and you've had trouble with it because you didn't know if you are going to get it back. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm looking at the empty chairs. So you think it was just easy. Sure, Abraham, just go up there and offer him because he knows you believe that he'll. Abraham believed God would raise him from the dead. God never said he would. So if you think that's easy, who wants to be first? Are you with me? Verse 6 through 8. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, It's amazing how they talk to each other. <laughs> and he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Okay? So they get to the mountain. God said, when you get to the mountain, and, you know, and, and uh, he's, he said right here, God is going to provide. So Abraham don't get to the top of the mountain and just stand there and go, okay, okay. Where's the lamb? Where, where, where's the sacrifice? You, you know, uh, I'm looking for the lamb for the burnt offering. You know, uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to show up. I don't know when it's going to show up. Ooh, this is really getting shaky now. Oh, we're getting to the point of offering, point of sacrifice. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Are you over there, lamb? Where's the lamb? I'm looking for the lamb. He didn't do that. He don't act like us. This is no hesitation. What gets you into suddenly? Obedience with no hesitation. This is no hesitation. God has told him to do this, and he's not hesitating. He piles the wood up. Isaac's carrying the wood. Abraham's got the fire. He's got the knife. He's up there, and, you know, we're bringing all the stuff for the offering, and Isaac goes, where's the lamb? Abraham's like, don't worry. God's going to provide the lamb. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. You think this could get a little shaky? Huh? God, I'm believing you're supposed to meet my needs. I don't know how I can do this without you meeting my needs. You said that you would, you know, I don't know. You know, I had somebody tell me that I believe, I, I believe God wants me to go to Colorado and wants me to um, uh, uh, start a church out there. But, you know, I'm waiting for God to supply my needs. At least pack a suitcase. Do something that shows you're ready to go. Don't just sit down, sit around, and sit and wait. Well, they never made it to Colorado. They never started the church. Are you with me? Abraham never slowed down. They got to the mountain. They climbed up the mountain. They took everything they needed for the sacrifice. Abraham never deviated, and he never slowed down. He actively moved forward in faith. Faith always moves forward. When you stop and go, well, I'm looking, I'm waiting, you just stepped out of faith. That's good. Verse 9 through 13. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now, you got to understand something here. Isaac is 16 years old. I don't know any 16-year-old that would say, yeah, I'll get up there. Do you? No. 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 But he got up on the altar of sacrifice. What, What? What's been going on in Abraham's house for the last 16 years? Training. Training. Abraham's been teaching him. In fact, in, uh, where is it? Genesis 18, verse 19. You don't have to turn over it. But it says that God chose Abraham because he would train his children in the ways of the Lord. 
Now, I want you to think about that. And I don't tell you about society and all the crap that goes on and all the reasons why everybody's screwed up. Don't tell me any of that. The bottom line is, what do we teach our kids? Don't blame it on the school system. Don't blame it on the babysitter. Don't blame it on the daycare. They're with you more than they are with anybody else. Abraham taught Isaac the ways of the Lord. Now, from the time that God spoke to Abraham and said, this time next year, Sarah will have a child. That was after 30 years of walking with God and believing God. This time next year, Sarah will have a child. There is absolutely no record of God speaking to Abraham from that point. So he spoke to Abraham, God, Sarah's going to have a child. That's one year later, she has the child. The child grows to be 16 years old. That's 17 years. There is no account of God speaking to Abraham. So then why was Abraham so immediate in his obedience to God? This is the first time God speaks to Abraham since he said Sarah's going to have a child next year. Because Abraham kept up his relationship with God. Just because God don't speak to you doesn't mean you don't keep up a relationship with him. He kept up his relationship with God or his obedience would not have been immediate. It would not have been complete if it would have been any at all. It could have been, oh, no, this is my son, my only son, the son I love, and I'm not giving him up for anything. Could have done that. It's his choice. Verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. My goodness, when is the lamb going to show up? I don't know if I could take this anymore, God. Dear Lord, this is it. We're down to the wire here. I've got to have something. Show me a sign. Show me something. You've got to do something. I need my need met here. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, don't stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. And because God was in covenant with Abraham, because Abraham did not withhold his son, God would not withhold his. Amen. This is the day that Abraham proved that he was serious about faith. He didn't prove it when he left the land of Ur. He didn't prove it when he left uh, his father's house. He didn't prove it when he went into Canaan land. He didn't prove it when he separated from Lot. He didn't prove it all along the way. He didn't prove it until this day. 37 years after God first spoke to him. I'm sorry, 47 years after God first spoke to him. He proves that he's serious about faith. See, with us, it's like, well, I did it once, I'm done. What's, what's the problem? <laughs> and what is the problem? That's right. Thank you. Somebody willing to say me. So it wasn't about faith to, to, to uh, receive the birth of Isaac. But it was faith to offer up to God what he asked that was so precious to him. Corresponding actions proved that he believed. And therefore, Abraham was approved. And he called him what? A friend of God. Back to James chapter 2, verse 22. You see that faith was working with his works and as a result of the works, works was perfected. The word perfected means it reached its end. It reached the goal. It came to full strength, full grown, and mature. His faith 
See, faith was not completed without corresponding actions. Faith is only half. And half can't produce anything. You need the whole thing. I mean, even G.I. Joe knows this. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe knew that. The G. I'm talking about the G.I. Joe doll. The G.I. Joe doll knew this. Knowing is only half the battle. The other half is doing what you know. If G.I. Joe know that, I think we ought to get a hold of that. Lord, I have faith. I have faith. Well, knowing is half the battle. What do you do with it? For that faith that you know to be perfected and reach its end and reach the goal of faith, because faith has a goal to reach. And in order to reach that goal, it has to have corresponding actions. The word perfected also shows spiritually mature individuals living according to God's will. The just shall live, not the just shall believe and have faith. That doesn't what it says. It says the just shall live, your lifestyle. All right? So the spiritually mature individual living according to God's will or living according to God's faith. Because the word of God is the will of God. So I'm living according to his will in faith. So as the just, I'm living by faith, living according to his will. And it shows maturity. And I'm going to just assume that when Abraham came down from the mountain with Isaac, he didn't go around to his people and go, I'll tell you what, I had faith. I had faith. That's why Isaac's alive today. I bet Abraham came down from the mountain. He had Isaac with him. I bet all the men looked at him and, we, and he said, let's go home, guys. I bet he didn't have to explain anything to him. Yeah. You know what they say about, right? Actions speak louder. Amen. So faith was perfected, reaches and reached the goal to come to full strength, full grown and mature and shows one spiritually, a spiritually mature individual living according to God's will in that instance. You can have faith be perfected and come to reach its end and be spiritually mature. And the next step, you're putting on a pair of diapers. So it doesn't make you spiritually mature in everything because that's what people think. Well, I've reached a level of spiritual maturity. You know, you just set yourself up for the duck shoot and you're the duck. (laughs) It's not one and done. It's not like I did one thing. I got a hold of this and everything's fine. No, it's a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle of believing and doing, believing and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and obeying, a whole lifestyle that never stops. And if you think it's going to stop when you get to heaven, you got another thing coming. This is it for all eternity. You hear and you do. When you get to heaven, it's not going to be like, "Woo, I'm on my own. I do what I'm, that ain't happening. (laughs) No. (laughs) No not happening no democracy it's not a republic it's not even a constitutional republic it's a word of god theocracy (laughs) are you with me verse 23 it says and the scripture was fulfilled which says abraham believed god And it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. A friend. The word friend means one that is dearly loved, prized in a personal, intimate way. They are a trusted confidant and highly valued friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how God looked at Abraham. Why? Because Abraham acted in faith. Abraham obeyed God, did it by faith. And believe God was more than enough. But it wasn't by faith alone, was it? It wasn't by faith alone. 
Is it 24? Maybe it's verse 24. You see that a man is justified by, faith, by works and not by faith alone. Oh, yeah, I got it right there, 24. <laughs> Read your notes. <laughs> man is justified or approved by works, not by faith alone. Not. And not means emphatically no. He is justified by works. No, not faith alone. He is approved by works, not, emphatically not, by a rock-solid belief only. Remember what we talked about with the devil? The devil believes. Rock-solid faith. The devil believes that God is one, that God is the God of all gods. He is the most high God. The devil believes that he's rock-solid in that belief. But it's dead faith because he can't do anything with it. All he can do is tremble. So you can have a rock-solid faith and not do it. But approval comes by doing it. In other words, if you are convinced to the core, then do it. If you're convinced that the Holy Spirit is leading you in what you're convinced of, then obey. If you're convinced that you are sure in your spirit how to proceed, then follow that leading. If you're convinced that the word of God is speaking to you, then move on it. Well, what if I make a mistake? Oh, dear God, I could see the universe coming to an end. The cosmos don't have a chance because you made a mistake. What are you afraid of losing? Oh, maybe that's the thing you don't want to let go of. Hmm. Abraham believed God. With the son, his only son, the son of his love. And when he put this rock solid faith into action, it produced a spiritual manhood in him. At 116 years old, Abraham reached spiritual manhood. Amen. So. Then James goes on and gives us another example. Because there are some that think that they're not as spiritual as Abraham. So he gives another example. Verse 25. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot, also justified by works or approved when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. All right? In the same way. In other words, we just talked about Abraham. Now let me tell you this. In the same way, Rahab. All right? Abraham and Rahab did not have a similar lifestyle at all. Not even close. Yet, they had the same faith and the same corresponding actions. Well, what do you mean the same corresponding actions? Rahab didn't uh, offer up a a son. or, or See, and that's because you're so naturally, physically, outwardly minded, and you're not heart connected. But he said in the same way as Abraham was justified, so was Rahab justified. See, you got to stop looking for other people that have your kind of life or have your kind of habits or someone that's gone through the same circumstances with all the same experiences that you have in order to prove that you're able to also. And what you need to look at is somebody whose faith brings results. And let all the other superficial stuff fall by the wayside because that's what the devil keeps you distracted with. Well, I don't know. You know, I know that, you know, you want to give me some advice about this, but did you go through it? Yeah, but did you go through it the same way that, yeah, but did you have a, only a one-parent household? Yeah, but were you uh, abused as a kid? You know, and they go through this whole road, and unless you meet every criteria of what they've been through, they can't listen to you. 
because they're so special. Their problem is so special and they need a special redeemer. You'll never find one. Just tell you right now, there's one redeemer. And unless you get on his program, he's not coming over to yours. So you might as well learn what he says in his word and forget all that other nonsense. The other stuff is trash. The other stuff is nothing but the, what the devil has thrown at people. But if it's not, if it's, it's all about heart condition and not physical appearance. We have to be looking for someone whose faith brings results. Stop searching outwardly and start looking inwardly. Amen. What was the differences with Abraham and Rahab? Well, Abraham was a family man. Rahab was a harlot. Abraham tried to pawn off his wife to Pharaoh. Rahab pawned off herself. But despite past life, despite past sins, despite past mistakes, and all of our shortcomings, faith could still operate. None of that other stuff matters. It's heart condition. It doesn't matter. Why didn't have the right upbringing? It doesn't matter. Why didn't have the right economic position? It doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Economic position doesn't matter. Upbringing doesn't matter. Social status doesn't matter. Job doesn't matter. Profession doesn't matter. In fact, go over to Psalm 115 for a moment. Psalm 115. I'm not sure which verse, so let me let you know. But I know it's Psalm 115. Psalm 13. Psalm 115, 13. He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. To God, your position means nothing. Your social status don't mean a hill of beans. Your economic position, he could give a rip about. He don't care about none of that stuff. He don't care if in society you're small or if in society you're great. He doesn't care if people look up at you, if people look down at you. Does not matter one bit. He will bless those that reverence him. Period. Amen. And how will he bless you? Verse 14. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. That's how he'll bless you. Verse 15. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Who will be blessed? Those that reverence the Lord. Doesn't matter whether they're small, whether they're great. See, to God, none of that stuff matters. All that stuff matters to is man. Man in his balances. Man in what he thinks and perceives is important. Man that looks at big and small. Big sin, small sin. Oh, big faith, small faith. Oh, easy to believe God for this, not easy to believe God for that. That's the way man is because he's got a brain that's unrenewed. He's got a mind and a soul that's unrestored. They lowered a man in through the roof. And it says, Jesus saw his faith and he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Oh, everybody in the audience was like, who could forgive sins except God alone? And Jesus, perceiving their reasoning, said, so that you may know that the Son of Man, not the Son of God, but the Son of Man, that you may know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, I say to you, arise and walk. And he asked the question, which is harder, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? Which is harder? 
Whichever one you answer is easier. It will ultimately make the other one harder. There are some people that think it's harder to be forgiven of sin. There's some people that think it's harder to get healed. But to God, there's no difference. It's the same thing. Same word. Your sins are forgiven you. Rise and walk. Same. Jesus didn't go like, well, just so that you know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. Oh, Father, oh, Father, oh, Father. Oh, rise and walk. But that's what people do. Because that's, this is something so hard. I got to get, I got to get in that place. I got to get to where I'm connected with God so that this, give it a break. You either got it or you don't. You either believe or you don't. There is absolutely no difference between your sins are forgiven or rise and walk. There is no such thing as a mortal sin and a venial sin, a small lie and a big lie. No, lying is lying. You know, murder is, is not bigger than adultery, and adultery is not bigger than stealing. You know, Adam, all he did was eat a piece of fruit. Come on, give me a break. And yet God said of Satan, you are a murderer from the beginning. Because when he got them to eat the fruit, they died spiritually. So you got to look at things on a spiritual level, not in a physical level. You got to stop looking at the physical. It's all about the spiritual. Are you with me? Where are we? Go back to James. I'm sure we were over there. So, Rahab, in the same way, just like Abraham, Rahab was justified when she acted in faith. Just like Abraham acted in faith. Abraham started, actually, he was the start of the Jewish race. Abraham, uh, Rahab was a Canaanite. So, naturally, there's absolutely no connection. There wasn't a connection between Abraham and Rahab until faith. And this is why the Bible says there's no distinction between Gentile and Greek, or between Gentile and Jew, between the, uh, the slave and the free, between the barbarian and the Scythian. There's no difference. They're all one. We're all one in Christ, and we can all operate by faith. And faith is the only common denominator. It was by faith that we got saved. Faith, then that becomes that common denominator. That's what connects us all together. And you know as well as I know that if we were not all saved, there's no way we'd be hanging out with each other. I'd be a dirt bag that you'd never want to be around. And you would probably be too nice that I wouldn't want anything to do with you. Except maybe try to take advantage of you. That's about it. <laughs> you know. You understand what I'm saying? Faith has joined us. Faith is what joined Rahab, the harlot, to Abraham, the friend of God. Rahab was justified and approved by corresponding actions. She was justified by faith. Just, I'm sorry, justified by works. Okay? The word by means out of the midst of. So out of the midst of her works or her corresponding actions came justification and approval. Describe the word uh, by justifies a company, describes accompanying actions. Out of the midst of corresponding actions came the approval. That you be approved of God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Amen. So Joshua, go to Joshua chapter 2. And let's look at Rahab. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab and lodged there. 
And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all of the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hid them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. All right. Rahab believed in God, but she backs it up with her actions. Look at verse 15 and 16. It says, then she, left, she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, so that she was living on the wall. And she said to them, go to the hill country, so that the pursuers will not happen upon you, and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return. Then afterward, you may go on your way. So Rahab hid the spies, let them down in a rope, told them how to escape. And Rahab has risked her own life, but not only her own life, but her family's life. Because her whole family would have been killed. Her actions proved the quality of her faith. Her actions proved the quality of her faith. Verses 9 through 11. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, not the Jordan, but the Red Sea, before you when you came out of Egypt. This is like 40 years ago when you went through the Red Sea and dried it up out when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard of it, our hearts melted. This is 40 years ago. Their hearts melted in Jericho. They could have taken it 40 years ago. And when we heard of it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Right there she states her faith in the living God. And based on her faith in the living God, she did actions by helping the spies from God's people. So she not only states her faith, but she lives her faith. Of course, real quality faith brings actions. Now Abraham had the Lord speak to him. Go up to the mountain with your son. Rahab knew within herself what she needed to do. But both of them acted based on what they believed. Her faith stated what she believed about the power and might of God working through Israel, but she also demonstrated it by her deeds or corresponding actions to help this people of this great and powerful God. So therefore, her faith was exactly the same as Abraham's. Hebrews 11. We'll close here. Hebrews 11.31. says, By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. So Rahab and her family were saved from destruction. Demonstrated and perfected faith is what saved them. Her demonstrated and perfected faith. Why was faith perfected? Actions perfects faith. Brings it to its end, its goal. Faith without actions is dead. It's lifeless. Just like the body without the spirit is lifeless. When the spirit moves outside the body, the body is lifeless. When works move outside of faith... Faith is lifeless. A body without the spirit is useless. Faith without corresponding actions is useless. In order for the body to work, it needs a human spirit. In order for faith to work, it needs corresponding actions. Amen. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. Abraham in the Old Testament, was called a friend of God. 
Abraham, uh, Rahab in the Old Testament was called the harlot. Abraham in the New Testament is also called the friend of God. Rahab in the New Testament, still called a harlot. Why? Because physical condition means nothing. Physical condition means nothing. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else. That person next to you means nothing. As far as the determination of faith and whether things can work for you or not. A thousand could fall at your side. Go ahead and judge yourself by the thousand. That, Whoa, a thousand fell. What hope is there for me? Oh, wait a minute. Ten thousand just fell at the other hand. Oh, what hope is there for me? The hope is it shall not touch me. That's the hope. But it's only for those that believe. Physical condition means nothing. Surrounding circumstances, no account. Background, does not affect your future. The condition, circumstances, your background does not have to have an effect on your present and neither should it direct your future. It means nothing. They should not form our thinking as to how things are going to be or how things are going to turn out. Your past, your experience, your circumstances your natural surroundings, none of it can tell you the end from the beginning. But only the Word of God can. And everything else means nothing. Nothing. Yeah, but my job, nothing, means nothing. You have no problem. All you need is faith. So you need to start hearing the word, develop faith based on the word of God so that you can be directed in that faith to corresponding actions. It's all about heart condition. It's all about what's inside, nothing about what's outside. We walk by faith, but not by sight. So guess what? The things you believe God for and it manifests, what realm has it gone into? When it manifests, what realm has it gone into? Sight, the realm of sight. So guess what? I don't walk by the things God's blessed me with. I walk by faith. Even the things that God blesses me with. Nope, sorry, don't walk by it. Why? Because your only son, the son of your love, may be required that very thing God's blessed you with and that you have attached yourself to so much may be required of you and when you start walking by sight you will attach to those things and not be able to let go of anything and therefore all that faith will not work Real faith that receives revelation from the Word of God. Real faith that receives direction from the Holy Spirit. Real faith that receives perception out from our human spirit. When we give ourselves to any of these things, faith will prove itself real by corresponding actions of obedience in being approved and will receive the crown of victory in that particular situation. Then the next situation, we go for another crown. The next situation, we go for another crown. The condition of our heart needs to be, always be, and only be faith. Faith is the condition of my heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope this has blessed you today. Gave you some insight and gave you some understanding. I hope that this whole series that we've done these last five weeks has really imparted to you understanding about faith, corresponding actions, and how it all works together. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, I just thank you so much, Father, that I've delivered to the people that which you have desired. 
So I look to you, Holy Spirit, to do your part, to seal these things on the inside of each and every one of us, to bring them to our remembrance, to bring them up within our thinking, that we'll ponder it and muse over it, and that we'll swallow it back down again, that we'll digest it more and more. Lord, I thank you that your word will bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold in those that receive it. And Father, I thank you so much that there will be results. There will be corresponding actions that brings approval, that brings manifestations. Father, I thank you that line upon line and precept upon precept, all of these things that you have shared with us in these last five weeks will become a reality in our heart, a reality in our thinking, a reality in our life. Father, we thank you for it, and we praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Quick reminder, those that are serving in Ministry of Health, please keep a check on the schedule. There's additional meetings coming up in March. Okay, and there are sign-up sheets in the foyer. Uh, please look at them and sign up as soon as possible. I know you will because it has to do with food. So please sign up as soon as you can because supplies are not only, always readily available. Uh, we are believing God for having the things that we need, but believing God is not an excuse for a slack hand. The hand of the diligent will be blessed and made fat. And I'm not talking about the buffet. <laughs> okay, so please, on your way out, look at the sign-up sheet. Um, sign up if you're interested in it. Keep check on your help schedule about the meetings that are coming up. Amen. Father, we bless you and honor you, Father. We thank you so much for your word, that your word is good because your word is you. You are good and your word is good. Father, your good word says that we can give and yet increase all the more. We have no idea how that works, but the how is not our job. Our job is to believe what you say and act on what you say and do it in faith and expecting the results because you watch over your word to perform it. So we thank you for these things. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Thanks for joining us on live stream, on podcast. Glad that you could be with us tonight. And I do pray that the word of God has touched you and affected you right where you're at. And if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything we can pray with you about, please let us know. We always... Um, Consider it an honor to stand in faith with our partners for your needs to be met. And always remember, faith and actions will always bring results. So when faith comes alive, do not hesitate. Do not be afraid. Do not back off. Take a step in faith and God will meet you. Because when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Amen. Amen.